Welcome to the FNL webcast. My name is Vicky Denton and I'm your host. Our guest today is Paul Hetherington. Paul is the president of the Society of Tribologists and Lubrication Engineers. STLE is a premier technical society serving the needs of more than 13,000 individuals and 250 companies and organizations that comprise the tribology and lubrication engineering business sector. Welcome to the show, Paul. Thank you very much, Vicky. It's a real uh, pleasure to, uh, to be talking with you today. So, Paul, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I'm uh, uh, my present role uh, with Petrocanada Lubricants. I'm the uh, manager of the technical services group. I've been uh, manager of that group for about the last four years. I've actually been with Petrocanada for a little over nine years now. Uh, originally, started out my career about 39 years ago. Uh, with an organization, uh, Syncrude Canada, uh, in the northern part of Alberta, uh, in Fort McMurray. Um, spent uh, several different roles with them, and I really sort of honed my original, uh, uh, you know, uh, knowledge base uh, working in uh, uh, mechanical uh, uh, engineering type uh, roles, and uh, uh, eventually became their lubricants uh, and fuel specialist for the entire organization. Uh, fairly large, uh, fairly large company, a lot of mining and so on. And uh, yeah, so I had a, a really good uh, role with that. Uh, learned an awful lot about uh, lubricants in the early days. Uh, and then I, uh, after twenty uh, some years, uh, left them and did some consulting work. Uh, developed a, uh, a training and consulting division for an oil analysis lab in the Edmonton, Alberta area. Um, spent about uh, nine, almost 10 years with them before, as I say, moving on with uh, Petro-Canada. So, yeah, I've been uh, kind of kicking around in the lubricants business for uh, for pretty well most of my career. Tell us a little bit about Petro-Canada Lubricants. Yeah, so Petro-Canada Lubricants has uh, been around for uh, for many years. Uh, uh, you know, one of the largest lubricant uh, suppliers in Canada. Um, we're actually a worldwide organization uh, selling lubricants uh, all over the world. Um, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been a great organization. Lots of uh, lots of really good uh, support to our customers, and we're a very very customer oriented company in in terms of that. And you do also market your products in Asia. Is that correct? Uh, yes, we do. Yes, we do. Yeah. So um, STLE, it's been around for 75 years. That's a really long time. Tell us a little bit about STLE and um, and its and its beginnings and uh, why it changed its name from ASLE to STLE in 1987. Yeah. So you're right. It, it uh, has been a, it has been a long uh, 75 years. It's uh, uh, started in 1944. Uh, a gentleman by the name of uh, Walter Hodson, um, you know, decided that, uh, you know, he, he was in the business of, of selling lubricants, as I understand it, um, and really wanted to find a way to uh, gather people and his own customers together to, to talk about lubrication and, and to help them out. Um, and uh, so it was really his idea and concept to start what originally was then was the American Society of uh, Lubrication uh, Engineers. And uh, and so it's been a, a great 75 years in, in terms of the organization. It grew very quickly. Um, I think in uh, 1946, they had their first annual meeting. 
Um, and so obviously earlier this year, we were planning to have our 75th annual meeting before that was uh, canceled. But um, and uh, yeah, and then uh, uh, back in uh, 1988, I believe we uh, changed the name to uh, uh, Society of Tribologists and Lubrication Engineers. And really that was to uh, to match a couple of things. One is to, uh, we're really a global society in, in that sense and not just the uh, American society uh, anymore. And so we wanted to, uh, to change the name from that and also to incorporate the, uh, the you know, the term tribology, which uh, is a relatively newer uh, term. Uh, you know, it uh, was uh, first uh, used in, in the 60s. And so we really wanted to bring, you know, tribology and that lubrication engineering into the into one uh, into the organization and Paul some of our listeners may not even know what tribology means ah that's a, a very good question so uh, you know one of the uh, uh, examples that I always use with people when I'm telling about you know when I rub my two fingers together my thumb and my uh, uh, forefinger um, you know we're generating friction between between my finger and uh, you know at the microscopic level I've, I've got uh, you know skin being worn off um, generating heat and and, and uh, you know wear is occurring, uh, and if I put a little bit of water or some other lubricant in there, I'm going to reduce that friction, reduce the wear. So tribology is really you know what's kind of going on at the microscopic level between two inter two interacting surfaces that are that are rubbing together. So your membership, tell us a little bit about it. How how many people are actually based in the U.S. versus international? Ah, yeah, really good question. So uh, uh, we are we are definitely an international organization. About thirty five hundred uh, direct members um, around the world. I believe the uh, numbers around eighty some percent are uh, in North America, but still a fairly large uh, percentage of uh, members from uh, really all over the world. Um, uh, I actually didn't did know the number at one time of uh, of how many different countries we have members from, um, but uh, yeah, this, uh, certainly scattered all over the world. How many international sections do you have at this point? Uh, I believe we've got three, uh, three or four. Um, so uh, if I remember correctly, we've got uh, a uh, one in Mexico. Uh, one in Canada, of course. Although I sort of, con- I always think of Canada and the U.S. as being uh, as being one, but uh, really, I guess technically, Canada is uh, is separate. Um, and then, uh, you know, we have been looking at other uh, other ones as well around the world. And I know Singapore was uh, uh, looking at that for a while, um, as well as a few other countries. So, so um, what is SLE doing internationally? Ah, yeah. So we're, um, you know, a lot of various things that we uh, uh, do internationally. We we work with, um, you know, other technical societies ar- around the world. Uh, something that we've been involved in uh, for many years, um, and uh, you know, more recently, uh, we've started a, a, a MOU with the uh, ALMU uh, organization. Uh, my understanding is a, a, a fairly new organization uh, started uh, just a couple of years ago, uh, I believe in early uh, 2018. Um, and so we've, uh, the STLE has become a partner um, with that organization. Uh, we signed a, a, a letter uh, um, uh, earlier this year 
uh, with them to cooperate and uh, uh, you know look at uh, opportunities uh, to do uh, you know promote education uh, certification and, and so on uh, between our two organizations and so we look really forward to uh, uh, you know what we can do uh, with these uh, additional organizations around the world so how has STLE evolved as an organization? 1944 was wartime, and it seems like 2020 is, seems almost like wartime, except that our enemy is a virus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, that is definitely true. Uh, you know, it's, it's very interesting in, in one sense. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of things about the organization which are, are very similar today. Um, you know, if we kind of go back to what our uh, – founding fathers in, in terms of uh, creating the society and, and really what were the objectives for the ALSE at, at that time uh, for the STLE. And, you know, they were really around advancing knowledge and, and study and development of, of new techniques and, and uh, um, you know, additional research. And those, those are all foundations of which we are today. And so those kinds of things haven't really changed much. It's really our focus is, is around uh, education and, and uh, ad- advancing uh, the sciences in terms of that. But having said that, you know, there are some things that we've, uh, that we've changed as, as over the years. And originally there was no such thing as certification and we've uh, added certification uh uh, in the early 90s, uh, and we have a couple of different certifications that are available. Um, you know, our annual meeting every year, and in, in the early days, there was no exhibits uh, or trade show uh, kind of thing. And so that that was an added thing that, that kind of changed. And then, uh, you know, uh, our commercial marketing forum, which is part of the uh, uh, the technical sessions that go on. And so those things have, have evolved um you know, as the organization has evolved and we've, we've made the changes to kind of fit uh, uh, what the new requirements are for, for our members. And have your members changed? I mean, what their needs are and, um, you know, uh, their jobs as well, because there's been obviously a big upheaval. I mean, not even now, but going back maybe 20 years ago. When there's been a lot of change, especially from the user and user industry, like mining, uh, alum, you know, so many cha- automotive. Um, can you talk a little bit about those things? Sure. There's, uh, yeah, been all kinds of changes, and then, and as you say, things have have definitely involved in in the industry, uh, in the world that uh, you know that you know 20 years ago we didn't even think about uh, or we're we're just kind of in the early stages, you know, uh, the development of, uh, uh, you know, wind term, uh, wind turbines for, uh, producing power and so on. And that just where that technology has gone in the last few years and, and really, uh, uh, significantly increasing, uh, in those kinds of things and larger wind turbines, uh, all of the lubrication and tribology that goes on in these bigger and bigger and bigger wind turbines is is uh, is really incredible. And uh, you know we have uh, obviously uh, members who are heavily engaged in that. Um, you know even things that we f- sometimes forget about in terms of tribology is uh, we have a whole group of people who are in the medical side. Uh, you know where you think about hip replacements and those kinds of things and and all of that technology. Uh, in terms of tribology that goes on with with hip joints and and so on is is really critical, 
and that's evolved. Um, you know, if you think about how uh, 20 or 30 years ago, uh, people who maybe had a hip replacement, uh, they weren't very active after the fact. And so where today people who have a hip, hip replacement, they're very active people. They want to do, they want to do more sports and do all those kinds of things. So the, the whole technology around the tribology within a hip, a hip, uh, replacement has tried to evolve with all those kinds of things. And so um, definitely lots of, uh, lots of things changing in the industry that uh, is changing our focus. Obviously the changes from uh, uh, internal combustion engines to, uh, uh, you know, electric vehicles and, and the tribology that's related to that and uh, totally different lubrication requirements and so on. Now, I believe STLE recently published an emerging trends report. And I assume that, these are some of the topics that the report touched on. Um, tell us a little bit about what what the results of the report was. Yeah, so this is something that we uh, started back uh, 2014. So this is the third version of the uh, Emerging Trends uh, report that we've done. So we did the first one back in 2014, and then we're kind of on a three-year cycle. So another, the second one was done in 2017, and, and our third one uh, just came out um, uh, a month or so ago. And, yeah, really excited about this. Uh, it uh, covered... Uh, a, a bunch of different application sectors in terms of transportation, energy, manufacturing, uh, and of course, medical and health, which is the, the one part that uh, sometimes we forget about uh, uh, in terms of tribology. And then the report also went a little bit deeper into some other things uh, in terms of uh, other field discipline areas, uh, areas, um, you know, workforce issues, uh, you know, people retiring and, and how are we going to uh, handle that? Uh, you know, research funding and, and uh, material costs and, and how is that all changing and availability of materials or changing of certain materials that's uh, uh, an availability of that. And of course, uh, government regulations are always uh, changing. And so how are those things going to uh, affect kind of where we're going in, in terms of that? So it's fairly uh, 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 very broad uh uh, report in terms of, uh, you know, looking at the emerging issues. Um, unfortunately, it was uh, most of the uh, work that was done on it was before the COVID uh, situation all uh, kind of changed things in the last couple of months. Uh, but there's still, I think, believe there's lots of great information that's in there that can still, uh, uh, you know, provide some insight in uh, in where things are going in the future. And, and this recommendations, um, what happens after the report? What what are the actions that the board takes to bring the results forward? Uh, yeah, very good question. Um, and so, yeah, the the board is, is obviously, uh, and as well as all of our other committees, um, are interested to see what's what's coming out of it. Where the direction that we uh, you know we see the world going uh, in terms of requirements and. Uh, and so those are things that, that we're looking at and how do, how do we um, as a society meet those requirements? Um, and, uh, you know, things just just how, um, you know, equipment is changing in terms of transportation. And um, and so uh, and then, of course, you know, workforce issues in terms of people retiring and that law knowledge base uh, um, leaving. What can we do as a society to help out that? Um, and really focus on our, uh, you know, connect, learn, achieve, 
and uh, and making sure that we're able to provide those education programs and certification programs for our members to to help meet those uh, those new challenges. Um, I guess for ordinary people, um, the the most visible trend is the trend towards electrification. Do you think that tribology or lubrication will be less important with electric vehicles, perhaps um, being a big part of the new vehicle fleet by 2030, perhaps as much as 10%, they say? <laughs> yeah, uh, really good question as well. Um, I, I believe it's going to be different and uh, new challenges that uh, that are going to emerge um, obviously you know the the normal reg- electric vehicle today has less lubricants per se than what we have in an existing uh, you know internal combustion engine and so there's there are certainly lots of things that are going to change that way um, and uh, but I think there's new challenges and and that are going to come out of those electric vehicles that we uh, um, you know, need to, you know, need to be able to understand and so on. Um, you know, just, uh, temperatures that are being created in the, uh, in the motors and those kinds of things that still needs to be controlled. Lubricants still need to be, uh, uh, cooling those components. Um, you know, quite often these vehicles are a little bit heavier than, uh, than traditional vehicles. And so, uh, you know, bearing, bearing loads and stuff like that uh, in the wheels are, are even more and those kinds of things as, uh, as I understand. So uh, I think there's going to be more challenges uh, coming forward with, uh, with those kinds of things. Um, in terms of uh, retirement and new people going into the, entering the workplace, how does SLE try to attract younger people? Ah, really, uh, really good question as well. And so we're always looking at, uh, uh, you know, really trying to support our uh, our students um, in the universities and so on. Uh, we, uh, you know, we have student chapters, uh, which, uh, you know, trying to provide those support to students. We do extra things um, at the annual meeting for our students, um, really encouraging them to do um uh, you know, continue on with their studies in, in tribology. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, we're really, uh, really working hard in, in terms of that. They're a, a key part of, of where the society is going in the future. So, Paul, how is uh, digitalization impacting Astili as an organization? Uh, yeah, thanks, so, uh, Vicky. So, uh, you know, really, I think the additional work that we're doing around um, you know, more of our training that's available uh, online um, and uh, the work that we're doing in, in terms of being uh, certifications to be available online, uh, all of our webinars that, uh, you know, we're kind of expanding, um, trying to do more and more webinars and, and engaging um, our memberships uh, or our members, I should say, uh, through these digital formats and, you know, um, less reliant on getting together at conferences or our section meetings and stuff, which are still very important, but really focusing to uh, get as much education opportunities to all of our members um, and potential members through uh, digital formats. 
Esteli was supposed to have a big celebration this year uh, during during the annual meeting, and the annual meeting was supposed to be held um, in Chicago, where where Esteli started. Um, so what's what what's happened for to all those plans? Have they been postponed? Have they been rescheduled, or are you bringing everything just online to continue the? 75th anniversary theme this year. Yeah, so you're right. So this year was uh, going to be a big deal in in terms of celebrating our uh, 75th annual meeting. Um, and as you say, uh, the society started out in Chicago, so we were really excited about uh, bringing the annual meeting back to Chicago uh, for the 75th. Um, I was in I was in Chicago uh, 25 years ago when we had the 50th annual meeting in Chicago, and I remember how exciting that that uh, event was. And so we were all looking forward to uh, to this year's event, and uh, um, and it was very unfortunate that it, it that we had to cancel it. But so what we've done is we've uh, had to cancel obviously uh, completely for this year, um, but we're going to. Uh, move all of those um, celebrations into next year's annual meeting, uh, which will be in New Orleans. Um, as originally planned, we had always planned to be in New Orleans next year. And so technically, because we didn't have an annual meeting this year, um, next year's will, in fact, still be the 75th annual meeting. And so, um, you know, by that time, the society itself will be, I guess, about 77 years old or so. But uh, but from an annual meeting point of view, we're still really celebrating that 75th. And so we're uh, definitely fingers crossed and looking forward to next year. And I, I know it's going to be a, a, a great annual meeting. Yeah. And Paul, so um, for your term, your term will end actually in May 2021, correct? Correct. It, it will. Yes. What do you have? At, your, at the meeting. OK. What do you have on your agenda um, for the rest of the year? Um, I mean, um, I, I guess assuming that, that we um, get over COVID-19, correct? <laughs> well, let's, let's hope that's, uh, that's going to be the case. Uh, um, so, uh, yeah, it's been a, a very interesting start to my uh, term as presidency. I uh, um, already I had some other trips that I had planned to do uh, this year. Um, as the STLE president, and, and unfortunately, um, all of those have uh, been cancelled so far. Um, I'm really looking forward to see what's what's going to come. Uh, you know, hopefully, something will change this fall, and we'll be able to do some more traveling and and uh, uh, possibly get to a couple of international events that are going to occur. Uh, you know, either later this year or certainly uh, uh, next year uh, before. Uh, before I give up the reins in uh, in May, um, uh, and you know, one of the other things that I will do is obviously try and get out to see some of our sections when they get back uh, in the fall, and then to next year as well, and and really making contact with as many members of the society as I can. So STLE actually has a lot of online events going on, right? Uh, perhaps you can tell our audience about it. Uh, you still have education courses, webinars going on that are available for people um, when they're not available to travel? Absolutely, yeah. We've got uh, quite a few different things that are that are happening right now. Um, lots of uh, new webinars that are coming out for uh, people to uh, uh, to gain some more uh, knowledge on different uh, subjects. Uh, we've actually also, uh, for members, um, uh, we have a, uh, a 
webinar Wednesday where we're taking an older webinar that we've had that may have been done a couple of years ago and we're reproviding those uh, back to all of our members uh, free of charge. Uh, we have uh, some new education courses that we're working on developing and hope to see some of those coming out uh, um, early this fall as well. And, and uh, probably some of those will be available uh, online. Um, um, we're also looking at uh, uh, opportunities to see if we can move some of our certification programs um, into an online uh, uh, mode as well. And, and so we have some people who are working at those kinds of things. Tell us a little bit about certification. Um, why do people have to get it? Uh, why is it important to their career to have a, an SDLE certification? And, and exactly what are those? Yeah, so uh, the certification that we've had the longest is the CLS, or Certified Lubrication Specialist. Um, and so really what that helps do is identify to, you know, our own companies that we may work for or, um, you know, maybe our customers that we deal with, but really just provides uh, and identifies the credentials or the knowledge that, that somebody has and that when they're uh, talking to you about their lubrication program or the problems, I should say, um, it, it just helps uh, clearly identify that, that person does actually have some credentials and understanding about lubrication um, in, in terms of having its certification. And so, yeah, as I say, this, the, uh, the CLS designation um, has been around, I think, for about uh, 26 years or so now. Um, I actually got my original uh, certification uh, about 25 or 26 years ago. Um, and then uh, a few years uh, ago, we created the Oil Monitoring Analyst um, certification. We actually have two levels of that. So there's an OMA1 and an OMA2. Um, and then we also have a uh, Certified Metalworking Fluid Specialist designation. And uh, that's the mo uh, most recent one that we started. I think that's probably still about uh, 10 years ago that we developed that one. And so, uh, yeah, we're and we're, you know, always kind of keeping our eyes and ears open to see if there's some other certifications that we might want to look at that are appropriate for our members. And STD certification has a reputation for being very tough. Um, so basically, <laughs> what do you need to do to prepare for those? <laughs> Very good question, and and I uh, I do I do hear that quite a quite a bit from uh, different people who have you know uh, challenged the exams and maybe weren't successful the first time and uh, um, and so it, it is it is a very tough exam and so that's you know part of that uh, 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 you know really knowledge that shows that people do uh, know what they're talking about in, in terms of that once they get it so um, you know we've developed a bunch of things uh, online to help out customers uh, a few years ago I worked on a project where um, uh, we, uh, um, you know, identified all of the, all of the different, uh, uh, technical papers that have been written over the years and our, uh, uh, you know, uh, chapters out of different, uh, textbooks and so on. And we created this learning pathways, uh, program. And so it's available on our website. Um, and it looks like, it looks at all the different, uh, uh technical areas that you knowledge that you'd need to know in terms of, 
you know, bearings and base oils and additives and, and uh, uh, you know, gears and, and compressors and so on. And then identifies all of the different materials that we have available that talks about those particular subjects. Um, and at different levels in terms of uh, basic uh, learning, intermediate learning and, and advanced learning. And so it allows somebody uh, to work through a path of uh, building up their knowledge base to be able to, uh, you know, eventually uh, challenge one of these exams and uh, and then hopefully pass it. So, uh, Paul, you've got 39 years under your belt. That's a long time. Um, it it is, has been a long time. What's, <laughs> it's been what, fun, though. <laughs> what's been the highlight of your career? Ah, wow. Uh, I, you know, I guess uh, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say two things. One, uh, you know, uh, working for Petro-Canada Lubricants uh, the last nine years has been uh, it's been a great role uh, in our technical services uh, group, uh, you know, working with our customers and helping our customers uh, do bigger and better uh, things with their lubricants, uh, you know, in their own operations. And, you know, really the second part is uh, um, the fun that I've had, and I say fun, with the STLE. Uh, I've been a member of the STLE um, for over 30 years now. And, uh, uh, you know, I wouldn't be where I am today in terms of the knowledge that I have and, and being able to help other organizations um, without what I've, I've gathered from the STLE. And, and uh, um, you know, it's, uh, it's been all topped off here with being able to be president. I've been very lucky to uh, have been on the board of directors. I've been on a bunch of other committees uh, in the past. I've uh, been involved in the local sections um, and to, you know, now uh, be the president for this year is, uh, is, is definitely a highlight of my career. So what's your message for people who are just starting out their career? Would, would you advise them to enter our industry at this point? Oh, absolutely. I think the uh, the first thing that I would would say is uh, you know follow your passion, um, and uh, and and really try and run with that passion as much as you have. I you know I, I'll admit uh, 39 years ago I didn't really start out uh, you know in the lubrication field, um, but I very quickly uh, you know. Uh, in the job role that I had doing kind of more maintenance engineering, reliability kind of work, um, I started to see the importance of lubrication and really understanding that. And, and as soon as I kind of got that bug, I just, I really started to focus my career and, and really uh, learn as much as I could about lubrication at that point. So, Well, Paul, thank you so much for your time. It's been a real pleasure talking to you and uh, we wish you well. Uh, for your the remainder of your term, and we hope to see you next year in New Orleans. Well, thank you very much, Vicky. It's been a real pleasure, and I uh, I really appreciate the time. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you. <laughs>